Hey everybody, welcome back to another special edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and by now you have heard the news that Bayern Munich has made it official. They have hired Julian Nagelsmann to take over for Hansi Flick. Nagelsmann will take over in July. He has signed a five-year contract, and he will be the new leader of men in Bavaria. Uh, Nagelsmann's deal will run until June 30th, 2026. And I think this was a move everyone had been anticipating now for a couple of days, if not weeks, once everything started to go south with Hansi Flick and it, it was clear that he was going to move on. Uh, the shift, um, the focus immediately shifted to Nagelsmann, who has uh, proven himself in the Bundesliga as one of the top young coaches, not only in Germany, but in the world. And it seems like this is a natural fit. He is a uh, person who has often cited Bayern Munich as being one of his dream jobs. Uh, it seems like he is a good tactical fit to take over for Hansi Flick, although there certainly will be some questions as to how he will use the current roster and if he will play his favored formation as opposed to the standard Bayern 4-2-3-1. So let's just take a quick uh, look at this whole saga, and we're not going to rehash everything, but you know, over the past few months, we had seen that Hansi Flick uh, was absolutely not going to be able to coexist at Bayern Munich with sporting director Hassan Brazo Salihamidzic, and you guys love when I pronounce that one because I, I brick that name, even though I've probably been saying it for what, how many years now, uh, at least publicly, I, I will brick it every time, but either way, uh, that relationship is not really, uh, professionally anyway, it hasn't really worked out. From, on a personal basis, it really appears that the two men get along, but uh, professionally, it just appears that things have not worked out between them. Uh, and, you know, to the point where I think once the Germany job opened up for Flick, he was determined he was going to go. And the root cause of everything, of course, goes back to uh, Hansi Flick wanted more control over personnel. He wanted more say in the decisions made on transfers. And at Bayern Munich, that was not going to happen. I was a very staunch supporter of Hansi Flick and still am. I think that he deserved a little more say. I think that he had earned more say just with the job that he had done with that roster. So uh, it was very disappointing for me personally to see him uh, have to walk away from a job that he was exceptional at. Uh, I think that he was a special coach and I don't think you can replicate what he was able to do in terms of relationship building uh, tactics and just drawing the most from a roster. That is a, a rare feat that he had done, not just in winning the sex tuple, but also in how he was able to just draw more from that roster than any previous coach had since Yup Heinkus way back in 2013. So uh, it, it it's very disappointing. I think it's this is an era, a golden era really, that ended way too early. Uh, in fact, it really ended after about a year and a half. So um, it was it was not good, uh, but you have to remember the good things with Flick. He led this team through the pandemic. He obviously won them six titles, and he uh, you know just overall 
was was a coach that it seemed like everyone on the on the squad admired. He was a, a you know a person that they could rally around. And uh, you know the shame of it is he probably had what five, six, seven more years of excellent coaching in him at Bayern Munich. But this is sports. This is uh, big egos, big personalities. They clash, and when it became apparent Flick was not going to stick around. That focus we talked about shifted right over to Negelsmann, who has been excellent with Arbe Leipzig. He was excellent at Hoffenheim before that. And now he will be the man to lead Bayern Munich. And what does that mean for the roster? Well, we took a look at that on our website, BavarianFootballWorks.com, yesterday, where we talked about some potential winners and losers uh, of this move. And, you know, obviously this is a somewhat controversial topic because we don't know right now what Julian Nagelsmann is going to be able to do at Bayern Munich, what he's going to be allowed to run. Is he going to run a 3-4-2-1 as he's been known to do at both Hoffenheim and Arbe Leipzig? Will it be some kind of 3-5-2 or will he take uh, his tactics, his own personal favorite uh, strategies for the game and formations, and toss them out the window to adhere to Byron's 4-2-3-1, which uh, was one of the problems with Nico Kovac's reign at Bayern Munich. He was not allowed to run what he wanted to. So uh, that's the thing that has really interested me the most. I really want to see um, what Nagelsmann is allowed to do and how he handles the roster there are some some big name players that really could be faced in it with a <laughs> put in some tough spots to be honest. So uh, well, I'm not going to go through every potential winner and loser on the roster, but we'll just hit a couple of quick ones. Uh, if Nagelsmann is able to run his three four two one, I think one of the the most obvious winners is Alfonso Davies because he's a, a winger by trade. Uh, he's been playing left back the past couple of years at Bayern Munich. And he's able to provide both offensive and defensive support. I think he's tailor-made for a system like Nagelsmann runs. Uh, Nicholas Sula, I think, could also make out here because he has not only played under Nagelsmann at Hoffenheim, but uh, the two have a a relationship of some sort. We don't know if it was good or bad. But he also was facing a, uh, a point in his contract here where he's going to have to extend or move on. And if he and Nagelsmann had a good rapport, if Nagelsmann thinks highly of him, it might be good. It might be a good thing that Nagelsmann is here, then he'll be able to help get Sula to say, to stay. And if Sula is, uh, you know, healthy and able to come back uh, and reach that form that we know he can uh, after an injury, uh, I think he could definitely be a player that not only uh, could be a factor in a back three, but also a back four. And and that'll lead me right to uh, Dio Upamakano, who is a, another big winner here, obviously moving from RB Leipzig to Bayern Munich this summer like his coach. Uh, there is a uh, building connection there that should help his transition over. Um, as for losers in this deal, the, the risk <laughs> is always on Thomas Muller because when a new coach comes in, uh, and it's, it's hard to tell if they're going to know how to use him or if they're going to be able to recognize everything that he brings to the table. And it seems absurd to say that, but we've already seen it twice already in the past couple of coaching tenures. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti was lost in trying to use Thomas Muller. Uh, Ancelotti also was another one who wanted to run more of a 4-3-3, which 
uh, he could not find a way to use Mueller, and, and that was just a debacle. We also had James Rodriguez there, who uh, Ancelotti favored. Big mess. Uh, but things didn't really get much better for Thomas Mueller under Nico Kovac either. There was a big adjustment period again. Uh, you know, in, in the end of Kovac's reign, we had Philippe, Philippe Coutinho here, who was taking away some of Mueller's time. And uh, unsuccessfully, I might add, same way uh, James Rodriguez did. Um, but ultimately, it was under both Ancelotti and Kovac, uh, Mueller was often on the bench. He was not as effective as he has proven to be under either Yapankis or Hansi Flick, or even going back to Pep Guardiola. So it's very disappointing. Hopefully, Mueller is not one of these people that gets caught up in the numbers game or the formation game here. Um, if Nagelsmann was able to use a 3-4-1-2 or a 3-4-2-1, however, uh, people think he will align things. Um, you know, I think Mueller is a person that could either play at the top of the formation with Lewandowski or he could sit back in a little bit deeper of a role as part of the front three, but not necessarily up at the top. So we will see how that goes. Uh, the entire wing trio of Kingsley Coman, Leroy Sané, and Serge Gnabry is also a bit at risk because if Nagelsmann changes the formation, whether it's a 3-4-1-2 or a 3-4-2-1, there will be less uh, need for pure wingers like those three. Now, of the three, Gnabry seems like he'll be able to best acclimate into a new system just given his skill set and his ability to also play uh, a bit more at center forward it's not to say that Coman or Leroy Sané can't do that. It's just that they have a skill set that fits the, quote, traditional Bayern winger, unquote, skill set that we've heard so much about. And, and it's a good thing. They're fast. Uh, they've both proven to be decent defensive players. I know there were a lot of concerns about Sané's ability to track back and defend, but I think he has put those to rest of late with his play. Uh, but all three of the wingers have been rampantly inconsistent offensively this season. So I'm fascinated to see what Nagelsmann does there. Um, to me, it's almost a point with Coman uh, entering contract discussions this summer, Gnabry entering contract discussions this summer. I don't anticipate Gnabry will be the odd man out there, but it does give me a little reason to question if Coman uh, will want to stick around if the formation is going to change and if there is going to be less opportunity for a player like him. Uh, that is definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on. Uh, if the formation changes, things are going to be a lot different with this roster and those three wing players are, are definitely going to be on the outside looking in. And as for Sané, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting to watch things with him because he was, uh, as I put in the post that I wrote yesterday, the white whale for Brazo. Everything was about getting Sané. Sané was going to solve all of the wing problems. He was going to be the next generation Aryan Robin for Bayern. And Sané was good this season at times. Uh, he has really slumped lately, though. And uh, that, is, that is something I think a lot of people are concerned about. And, you know, most of the time I'm, I'm here and I'm trying to look at the positive things. And I look at the way where 
you know, this player is not necessarily one I would have put so much focus on over the past two years to try and bring to Bayern Munich. I admire his talent, and uh, I think he's got a good work ethic, which was something people definitely downplayed from his time at Manchester City. And, and I think he's a player that you would want on your team. I didn't see the craze to bring him in. That said, he was a fit for a need, so I, I get it. And uh, for the most part this season, he brought a lot to the table. This slump over the last two to two and a half months, however, is really concerning. It seems as though he's lost a lot of confidence in his game. And um, you know that, that's concerning. The, the good thing about Sonny is it did not affect his defensive responsibilities and his willingness to get back. So even though he wasn't feeling his best from what we could see offensively, defensively he was... Uh, still committed to the cause and was working hard. So uh, that's a positive. But again, he is a player that it will be interesting to see how he fits into the scheme for Julian Nagelsmann. And, uh, you know, it, it, it could be one of those instances where we find out just how involved Brazo is in the game day preparations, this, the, the picking of the game day squad, uh, the formation and how players are used specifically. Uh, that is one of the areas that will be uh, very clear very soon. Uh, without Flick here, um, you know, it seems like this is one of those instances where we'll we'll start to see if the rumors we heard about and all the disagreements and how hands-on Brazo is, uh, we'll see if that stuff was all true or if it was kind of blown up by the media. But anyway... Back to the task at hand here. Uh, Nagelsmann, undoubtedly a good hire. He is a coach that I think Bayern needed at this point. There was no point recycling an older veteran coach here. Uh, they needed to try something new. Flick was the perfect man at the perfect time for the club. But right now, uh, this is a point where they need to start to transition toward the future while managing a a roster that still has a uh, core of key veterans. So uh, Nagelsmann, because of his reputation, I think is capable of handling that. He clearly has the innovative uh, uh, part of his brain working constantly, and he'll bring a lot to the table. And I think that will be interesting for these veteran players. It's not going to be a situation where this is the young guy coming in trying to change everything. I think he's going to stick with some things that work on Sabin or Strasse, and he's also going to bring his own brand of a new age coaching uh, to the campus as well. But this is about as good a hire as Bayern Munich could have hoped for at this point. It's really bad to lose Hansi Flick. There's no, there's no easy way to look at that and say this is a, a good thing. But this is about the best possible outcome you could get with Flick leaving. And let's hope that things go as expected, that Flick is able to move to the Day of Bay, take over for Yogi Love, and be able to get Germany back on the right track. Speaking of coaches who have uh, lost their way and been able to connect, uh, to been unable to connect with their roster, Love is, is at that point uh, not expecting a lot at the Euros this summer, but uh, Negglesman and Flick are two guys who are known for building relationships and building rapport. And hopefully uh, that's one thing that Negglesman can take from Flick's tenure here and continue that 
establish a relationship with key players, uh, and not just the key players, but all players, and make sure that he can work with the team from within and not uh, come in as someone who's going to be dictating things. I think this is going to have to be a collaborative effort for Nagelsmann, and I'm sure he realizes that while he has his own accomplishments, he's now entering a roster that has won a sextuple. Uh, some of these players have won two UCL titles, so this is uh, this is definitely a, a big move for him, and it's a huge move for Bayern Munich. Um, it's one of those boomer bust things. Uh, I'm expecting Nagelsmann to come in and do a great job. Uh, I'm hoping he doesn't face any of the roadblocks internally from the front office. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's allowed to do what he wants to do, coach how he wants to coach, and be able to use the tactics that he wants to use. I don't think there's any point in hiring a coach if you're not going to let him be who he is. The minute you try and take away a coach's character or a coach's style, you have immediately ruined them. So let's hope that he is able to come in and do what he wants to do and be the type of coach that he has proven to be over the years and that he's able to do things his way. That's the most important thing that I think any of us can take out of this. Um, when we look at the situation, Nagelsmann has to be able to come in here and be Julian Nagelsmann. He can't be Bayern Munich's Julian Nagelsmann. And that's about it. We wanted to get out a quick reaction to the news, and I hope you enjoy listening to this. We enjoy bringing it to you, as always. You can always catch me at The Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get our site account, at Bavarian FB Works. And, uh, you know, please check out the site today. We're going to have a lot of uh, information coming out. I'm sure there's going to be news all day and reactions. So uh, keep hitting BFW. We love having you there. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.